Our speaker this morning is Jordan Hooper. Now, most of us are actually used to seeing Jordan here up on stage, but you're behind keyboard all in worship. And uh, Jordan, I believe, is one of the greatest examples I know in my life because I've known Jordan since he was about, well, that high. Um, and my first memory of Jordan is actually him being involved in a kids' church dance production. And let me tell you that Jordan was a very passionate and involved young child with two left feet. Um, he was the clumsiest kid I had actually seen doing this dance. And for some reason afterwards, I think I asked him something like, what do you want to do uh, with, as, when you grow up sort of question? And he said, I want to become an excellent concert keyboard player or pianist. And I'm there looking, the guy has two left feet. How is he ever going to learn to play a piano? But through perseverance, through determination and through sheer talent that I couldn't see at the time, Jordan is one of the most amazing keyboard players, musicians. He's taught himself guitar. He's taught himself to sing. Well, actually, he went and had singing lessons, but um, that's beside the point. Uh, he, he sets his mind to do something, and he does it really well. He is actually an encouragement and inspiration to me and to a lot of other people in this church. So I want you to put your hands together for Jordan as he comes to bring us the Word of God this morning. Hey, come on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, band. You may sit down. Weren't they great? Uh, I love my team. They're awesome. Thank you, yes. Um, so they did actually offer me the headset mic, but, you know, obviously I'd be too inclined to do some nuts routine. And apparently that's not allowed. So just, just here to speak today. So... <laughs> But seriously, thank you so much, Pastor Chris and Pastor Vicky. I wouldn't be here without you. You guys are incredible. You're so full of people, opportunities and chances. So I just want to say thank you so much for that. You're awesome. Right, so today I'm here to talk about the word hope. What is hope? It's one of those words that we use all the time. You know, so many songs, you know, because I got high, high hopes for a living. Current pop songs, and it's like, then it's in Christmas carols. The hopes and fears of all the years. They, like, they're completely songs, but yet we've used the same word in, a, in similar context. So it made me go, okay, there must be something about this word. So what is it? So like any good nerd, I looked up the definition in the dictionary. <laughs> Um, and it says that it's a feeling and of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. There's also this archaic definition of the word, which is a feeling of trust. So I'm like, cool, so hope's a feeling. Great. But then you keep reading and it's like, it's also a verb. So, you know, it's not just that feeling, but it's also wanting something happen. You want it to happen. So that's a hope. So I was like, okay. And like, in reality, that's the way we use it. I use it too much. I use it in emails all the time. I'm like, oh, I hope you're well. I hope you had a good weekend. Hope you have a great day. Hope you get better. It's, it's just like, it's, it's the more formal way of saying wish. Like, oh, I wish you're well. And so it's not the greatest way that we're using it currently. So then I started digging deeper and I found an article in Time Magazine, if I can have the title up, called The One Word You Need to Stop Using Immediately. And I went, great, that's, that's real positive. So 
in it, they talk about how hope is expectation based on desire, but they also say that hope implies a lack of control. And they're talking about in you know a business sense, you know, you're saying, I hope that our biggest customer doesn't leave. And then goes on to talk about how you should plan instead of hope, blah, blah, blah. I love planning, but talking about hope today. So we'll park the planning bit, come back to it later maybe. So we often use the word hope when we don't know the outcome or when it's uncertain. So when a kid says, I hope dad gets home early enough before dinner that we can play a bit of soccer, they don't know what's going to happen, but they really want it to happen. So hope is just a feeling or it's an action of wanting something good to happen. That doesn't seem like it's quite enough. It feels like we're missing something there. So I figured, you know, we're in church, so it probably should be a good idea to see what the Bible says about hope. Think, think so? So in the Old Testament, they use two words for hope. Now, they're both Hebrew words. I don't speak Hebrew, but I'm going to give it a shot. So there was yachal, which means to wait for, and chava, which just means to wait. But chava is based on the, uh, the Hebrew word chav, which is like a cord or a rope. So it's when you're pulling it and there's that tension before it snaps. That's what they mean by kava. It's that feeling of anticipation or expectation of something to happen. So I was like, cool, that's, that's good. Biblical hope is different than this boring dictionary definition because it's still that sense of expectation, but there's also a lot about waiting, <laughs> which... You know, in some ways it's good, some ways it's bad. So in the book of Psalms, Yechal and Kavar are used over 40 times. And in almost every case, people are hoping or waiting on or in or for God. This always about the situation we're waiting for God. So one of the great, one good example is Psalm 130 verses 5 to 7 says, This is why I wait upon you expecting your breakthrough. So that's sort of that kavar, that tension. For your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. O Israel, keep hoping, keep trusting, and keep waiting on the Lord. So that one's more that yechal, to wait for. For he is tender-hearted, kind and forgiving. He has a thousand ways to set you free. Pretty good. Good, good promise there. So, so then it got me thinking that biblical hope really is in a person then. And that makes it different from this other definition because the other one is hope is basically masquerading as optimism that, you know, in the situation we're choosing to see that it's going to work out for the best like this. But biblical hope isn't looking at a situation. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on a person. Because often in the Bible, the circumstances are terrible. <laughs> And, and there's no evidence that things are going to get better. Like the, the only evidence that things are going to get better is that in the past, God was faithful and delivered on his promises. And that's what motivates our hope for the future. So a couple of years ago, I was looking to buy my house and there was a lot of hoping because um, I, was, I was hunting for a while, kind of on and off, looking at all the places in the areas that I wanted to live, that in my price range, that, you know, were also able to be lived in and not, you know, you know what I mean. Um, so I looked at them and yeah, like seriously, a lot of the places, hope was about the only thing that was keeping the walls up. So I was, so kept looking, kept looking, but then I found, I found the place, 
capital T-H-E, place, the place. It was in a good location. It was in my price range. It was nice. It had wood floors. It had a gas stove. All those things that I'm like, yes, this is ticking all the boxes. So I went, I looked at it and decided that I really, really liked it. And I put in an offer. And it was my best foot first offer. It was the limit of what I was willing to slash could afford to pay. And then came the hope. And by hope, I really mean waiting because, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a lot of waiting. So then I got, you know, the classic call from the agent saying, you know, can you go any higher on your price? You know, we've had other offers. What can you do? And so there was a lot of praying then and a lot of hoping. And I went, no, no, look, this is it. This is all I can do. So then you say that and then you get a whole bunch more waiting and anticipating you know, and you start thinking, oh, am I going to become a homeowner? Is that exciting? Am I, going to be, am I going to be a little adult with a mortgage? Or, you know, like, is it not going to happen and is it going to fall through and I'm going to still be living with my parents past the age of 30? You know, all these thoughts run through your head. And eventually the agent came back and my offer was accepted, which was amazing. <laughs> but throughout this whole process, if I just had hope in the situation... I would have been depressed. Like, because I know there's people out there with more money than me. That's just a fact. There's people out there who are just looking for a rental, so they're going to get a tax write-off so they can afford to pay more. The, your finance can get rejected. You can do a building inspection and it comes back poorly. There's so many things that can go wrong. So if all I was hoping was that the situation would get better, I'd be in big trouble. Because then if I didn't fight, if that didn't fall, if that fell through, then I put another offer and I put another offer at all these places and it falls through, you start very easily getting so disheartened. But the thing is, I know that that's not where my hope is. My hope is in God. My hope is that in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And so I know God and I know the promises he has for me. So I was able to have hope in that situation. I was able to have real hope because hope is the confident expectation that what God has promised will come to be. And the strength of hope is in his faithfulness, not in any situ situation or circumstance. So then decided I need to bring in another language. So started looking at the New Testament and they used the word, the Greek word, elpis, which is the personification or the spirit of hope. So Colossians 1.27, it says, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the hope of glory is the elpis or the personification of glory, in which is based on the person of Jesus who was risen from the dead and overcame death. Like that's a pretty good personification and description of hope in my books. So God's plan and promise for us said that a saviour would come that he will be born as the son of man, he would be the Messiah, he would be crucified and die, and that he would be resurrected, and we would have freedom from sin. So that's, that's where our hope is. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Because hope is the confident affirmation that God is faithful, that he will complete what he has already begun. So hope then is the confident expectation which waits patiently for God's purposes to be fulfilled. Patiently, 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 patiently. So no matter the situation you're in, hope is a choice 
to trust in God's faithfulness over the circumstances, to wait for him to bring about a future in your life that's, let's be honest, probably not going to be as crazy as raising a crucified man from the dead. Like, if you if that's the benchmark of what God has done, what what in your life compares to that? What What can't God do? So our hope then looks to the resurrected Jesus and to the faithfulness of God's word in order that we can then look forward in our own situations and have hope for the future. And then with expectation and anticipation, we can wait. It's real fun, real fun. So, yeah, waiting. Yay. Love it. So what I want to do is I just want to pray something over you. So... Um, it's from Isaiah 40:31. It's one of my favorite verses. It's incredible and it's really all about hope. So just encourage you to close your eyes as I pray this over you and then maybe we'll stand and pray a bit more because I think prayer is good. So it says, don't you know, haven't you heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So that's my prayer for you today, that if you're in a situation where it doesn't look good, where you're getting tired of waiting, of stumbling, of falling, of things falling apart, that as you look to God, as you look to His faithfulness, His promises, His Word, as you wait on Him, as you trust in Him, as you have hope that He will come through as He has so many times before, that as we wait on You, God, I pray fresh strength to those whose hope is in You, fresh strength to keep walking, fresh strength to keep hoping and trusting in You, God. Thank You, Father. Amen. Thank you very much. Awesome. Give Jordan a hand. <laughs> Fabulous. Actually, listening to Jordan has, has inspired me. Uh, I, th I think we, we, we're going to continue to pray a bit more. And then I, I actually want us to sing uh, a song of hope at the end. But before we do that, Every service we have, we, give, we issue an invitation uh, to people. If you, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, then we offer the, an invitation to actually accept Him just with a simple prayer to invite Him into your heart. And I want to do that this morning. But after that, I want us all to start thinking about people that we are praying for right now to actually come to notice. They may be people whose lives are in a mess that we, we know who need Jesus. They may be people who are extremely happy but living in ignorance that, that their lives can be better with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
And I believe that most of the time when we, when we pray for those people, especially if we've been praying for them for a long time, our, our hope often sort of does that shift from what Jordan was talking about, that hope in a person to I wish perhaps that circumstances could change and it would happen. I mean, if you've been praying for someone to be saved for 20 years, that, you know, it's hard. Sometimes you just wish things weren't instead of hoping, which is hoping in the faithfulness of God. Your prayers are having an effect, that that person is being affected in ways that you do not know, that their life can be changed and transformed because God is faithful in what he does. And if you're praying for somebody like that, in a moment, I actually invite, we're all going to stand, and I'm going to invite you to come forward and take a step. And we're going to pray for those people with fresh hope and trust in God. But before we do that, can I just ask you to close your eyes? And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you've never called yourself a Christian, you've never made a decision to follow Christ, uh, you've never thought of yourself as a Christ follower, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to actually do that, to say to God himself, to, to in your own heart, say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And we do that by asking people to say a prayer to invite Jesus into their heart. It's, it's the first step on a journey with him. It's not a magic uh, bullet. It's not a magic event that happens. It's actually the first step on a pathway to living with Jesus. And so if, if you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity to say that prayer with me and with the rest of the church. We'll say it all together uh, to invite Jesus into your heart. And you may be somebody who's done it before, but you realise that relationship has fractured. Uh, you are no longer walking with Jesus. I want to issue you the same opportunity. Jesus loves to invite people back into his arms. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you this morning, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour or you want to come back into a relationship with him, can I just get you to raise your hand? I know one's looking around, so I know who I'm praying for this morning. Just quickly so that I can see it, I'll acknowledge it and you can pop it straight down. Awesome. Can I ask you all to stand, please? And if you're here this morning and you, you are praying for somebody right now that you are believing needs to know Jesus and that you want your hope refreshed and renewed this morning. You want to you have a fresh strength of spirit and heart, a fresh trust and a hope in God. I want to invite you just to come down to the, the altar right now. We're going to pray a prayer of trust and hope to actually give us fresh courage to keep praying for those people. So come down right now. And while they're doing that, can I actually ask the worship team to come back up? You guys will have to pray for your people up here. <laughs> can I ask everybody to reach their hands out, people? Because sometimes the burden of praying for somebody can actually take a toll that we're, we're worried that God's not doing anything. We're worried that, especially if they're older people, that they may never come to know Jesus. And so there's often a, a burden 
that is on our hearts for the people we're praying for, which can be very heavy. And so I want us all to pray right now. This burden is lifted. That our, our hope is renewed and refreshed. You know, as Jordan was, was praying out of uh, that psalm, that we don't grow weary, that we are renewed, we are sprightly in our, in our prayers and in our devotion to seeing people one to Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray right now, I thank you that as we place other people in our prayers, as we reach out to them, as we pray the presence of your Holy Spirit in their lives, as we pray contact with people who know God, as we pray for opportunities to share good news with them, as we pray for opportunities to speak into their lives, to pray for healing, to pray for whatever it is that is lacking in their life, that you are always with us, that your spirit goes before us into these places, into the lives of these people, and that we shall never grow weary. We shall never stop doing good. We shall never stop praying for the souls and the lives of people who don't know you. And we pray right now that those people dear to our hearts will be transformed by your presence. They will acknowledge your lordship in their life. Their lives will be transformed. And we see it because our trust and our hope is not in the circumstances that we can see, but they are in you, Lord, in the person of Jesus Christ, in the power of your Holy Spirit and the authority of our Father in heaven. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.